Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. Day three of Head Coach Rankings Week takes us to the Big Ten. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to hit the like button and subscribe if you want more college football content. But Ryan, let's get right into these rankings. Who is the worst yep. head coach in the Big Ten? And it's not that bad of a coach. We got Mike no. Loxley at number 14. It's it's tough to put him last, I guess, when you consider he just made a bowl game. Um, so I guess that's kind of more of a kind of shows you how strong this conference is. 13 and 23 overall, 7 and 22 in Big Ten play. That's kind of where the it kind of starts to look kind of bad. That's not a, that's not a good mark. Um, but like I did say, he just did make a bowl game, seven and six. Um, and there's some pieces coming back. Tiger Valoa, who knows? They could they could do well. Recruiting seems to be doing fine, pretty well. Um, you know, but his previous tenure at Mexico was pretty horrible. New Mexico, um, yeah. And even though they did make a bowl game this past year, <laughs> yeah. they weren't that great. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed something there. I think I you said, said Mexico. Was that Mexico? <laughs> That's that. I missed that. Oh, I thought I said New Mexico. Maybe you did. I don't know. Well, we're having some way. spotty Wi-Fi here, but yeah, it's possibly. <laughs> Anyways, even this this year though, it, it, they did make a bowl game, but they weren't that great. They had some pretty some 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 rough moments. So there are reasons to put them at 14. Yep. Moving on to number 13, Tom Allen of Indiana. I mean, I know Indiana certainly isn't an easy place to win. Um, he did good things turning their defense around when he was the defensive coordinator there a few years back. He had that good COVID-shortened year uh, where they went 6-2, and two, but um, it's hard to ignore their 2-10 their and 10 record this past season. He's 15-28 and 28 overall in Big Ten play, hasn't won a bowl game, and just doesn't seem like there's a lot of hope going into next year. Even their, their quarterback, Michael Penix, who's been often injured, transferred away from the program. So just not a ton of good juju right now. Yep. Yeah, you could make an argument for him last as well. Moving on to number 12, we've got Brett Bielema at Illinois. Did a great job at Wisconsin, of course, so you could make an argument for him higher if you're uh, putting some weight onto that. But that program seems to be successful no matter who the coach is, Wisconsin. So, um, And then he followed it up with a not great tenure at Arkansas. And to his credit at Illinois, year one was good, better than expected, five and seven. Um if, if he can improve upon that or even just kind of go five and seven again this upcoming year when they're 122nd in returning production, then he might, you know, slowly climb up this list. Yeah, that's going to be tough for him. Um, but let's move to number 11. We have Scott Frost from Nebraska. Boy, he's fallen down hard. Um, okay, we'll just get this out of the way first here. I had him dead last. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think he, I had him as the worst coach in the conference. Wow. 15 and 29 <clears throat> at Nebraska. That is a lower win percentage than Mike Loxley has at Maryland. So our number 14, there you go. Boom. Mike Loxley wins more. Um, he hasn't made a bowl game in four years. Coming off of a three and nine year, recruiting is looking about as bad as it's been at Nebraska in recent memory. Um just um, coaching gaffes left and right, just knucklehead things. You're just like, what is going on there? Seems like a joke. He's done about as bad of a job as you could have imagined so far. I, there's definitely an argument for him to be last. So I, I, I'm not going to yeah. give a fervent defense here. I will say he did take UCF from winless to uh, BC or not BCS. Yeah. A, uh, what have you done? For <laughs> six bowl win. So I, that, that counts for something. Wasn't that long ago. 
Um, and yeah. as far as last year's three and nine, I almost just don't even look at it as a three and nine season because it was so incredibly unlucky. Not that it's a great season, even when you, you know, maybe they should have been yeah. six and six or something, but, yeah. um, you know, it's I, not the first year we've been unlucky, quote unquote. True. We're cursed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all right. Moving on to number 10, Greg Schiano of Rutgers. Uh, he's tough because he's just in a tough place to win in the big 10 landscape. Uh, he's, but he, I will say he's, he's turned them around a little bit. He's made them respectable given how awful they were when, when he took over. Um, uh, and he's also up the recruiting, uh, that that's a, a benefit for him. They had their best class in, in 10 years, but you know, that being said, they're still behind some other big 10 schools. He's five and 13 in big 10 play. Hopefully he can get the offense a little bit better to to have him and Rutgers start climbing the ranks. But when I was looking at this, like he's a good coach, but it's just it's just hard because there's a lot of other good coaches that we have ahead of him. Yeah, this is a strong number ten. I'm I'm bullish on on Shiano moving forward, um, especially relative to what Rutgers has been. Uh, number nine, though, we have Paul Christ at Wisconsin. If you just look at his results, his win-loss record, then this is wildly underrated. I'm sure Wisconsin fans are surprised to see him so soon on this list. But like I said earlier, it just seems like Wisconsin for the last 20 years or so, no matter who's there, whether it's Barry Alvarez, Brett Bielema, uh, Gary Anderson, or Paul Christ, they're going to win around 10 games, sometimes more. And so if I can, I'd like to look at uh, results from these coaches outside of the Wisconsin program. And for the most part, it hasn't been good. And looking at Paul Christ himself, immediately before Wisconsin, he was a head coach at Pitt and was pretty mediocre results. He was 500 there. Uh, Pat Narduzzi came in there and has, has done much better than him. So um, yeah, I, I guess I just sort of look at him a little bit as a product of the Wisconsin machine. I mean, not that I'm not giving him any credit. I, I I'm really high on Greg Shiano and I have him ahead of him. So actually, I'm not sure yeah. I did on my individual list. So scratch that. Yeah. Scratch <laughs> that. <laughs> Get that off the record. Yeah. It's so hard to, 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 you know, rate those Wisconsin coaches. It's because it's essentially it feels just like, well, it's still Barry Alvarez, right? It's just the Barry Alvarez culture program still going on there. How do you, how do you judge that? But you could put them a lot higher. You could yeah. put them third, fourth, and I'd, Maybe not third, but that's the thing. This no, fourth. if someone had him wherever, if someone had him fourth, I would not look yeah. at their oh, list yeah. and say that's stupid. That's like that is defensible yeah. for sure. Uh, I think totally my rational. explanation <clears throat> is defensible to have for, or our argument to have him ninth is defensible as well. But you know, reasonable minds can yep. differ. Yep. All right, moving on to number eight, we have Jeff Brom from Purdue. Now, this might be a guy that some people would say, how do you have him in front of Paul Christ? He's 28 and 29 at Purdue. He has a losing record there. It's true, but he's had some pretty bad injury luck during his time there, I will admit. And he's he took over just garbage. I mean, it's it was horrible there. Yeah. Um, and he's actually coming off his best year. He went nine and four this past year with six and three record in conference. A great, a great record for them. They won their bowl game, an exciting win over Tennessee. Um, the recruiting is is obviously a lot better than it ever was, especially recent history. Um, and it's just it's a hard place to win. So if you're if you're doing a good job there, creating an excitement, and he's got a seems like a pretty solid team coming back this year. Um, I just think he had some kind of unluckiness going on the, the, his previous. A few years there, we were all high on him. We just kind of like, okay, it's, it, the good year's coming. The good year's coming. We had it last year. Yeah, 
I'm with you. I, I love Jeff Brom. Immediately made them a ton better up the recruiting and just, yeah, just had a few, like you said, injury riddled seasons. Seems like they're back. Maybe not the best DC choices out there, but. He's shuffled through some for sure. There's, there's, been, yeah. there's been a few, but. The uh, offense is good, but, you know. Yeah, he had the, the previous one. Um, how am I forgetting who it was? Holt? What's that? No, not Nick Holt. Nick it was, uh, he just went to Wake Forest. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We'll think about it. Well, you continue. It was to Brad talk. Lambert. Brad Lambert. Got it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. Fair. Moving on. Yep. All right. Moving on to number seven, PJ Fleck of Minnesota. <clears throat> and love him or hate him, he's done pretty well at Minnesota. Then you factor in his Western Michigan days, he's got a pretty good record. Uh, he's got Minnesota to, to three bowl games, won all three, finished 10th in the country a couple years back, and he has them as a strong contender in the West again this upcoming season. You know, the recruiting, it's, it's okay. Uh, I guess if you look at it comparatively to Minnesota standards, it's, it, maybe it's pretty good. Um, but when I was kind of looking at this list in totality, I just found it harder to put him any higher because I feel like he maybe hit his, his ceiling uh, as it is right now. That's yeah. fair. I, no, I, th- I, mean, I think he's like, in a good spot here. Yeah, top half of the conference in a good coaching conference. That's a res- very respectable ranking. Okay, number six, we have Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern, and I was the lowest on him by far. I had no. him 10th. That's um, quite a ways off from us. It is, it is. This is a tough one. It, it, to me, it kind of reminds me of having to rank uh, Gary Patterson the last few years in, <laughs> at TCU, because on one hand, he has accomplished so much and done such a great job um, elevating a program, and, and Northwestern, a program that's really hard to win at, but... I'm looking at this right now and moving forward. How do I feel about him? And I'm just, I don't know, I'm doubting him because two of the last three seasons, he's gone one and eight in conference. That's extremely bad. Now, the season in between was excellent. So there you go. I don't know. It's like, which one do I value more? He's, you know, I just think he's lost his longtime defensive coordinator. That could have an impact moving forward. Uh, you know, they weren't great last year. Uh, the offense seems to be getting worse and worse. This upcoming year, doesn't look like it'll be very good. Their their season win total is going to be somewhere around four. So if 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 they go four and eight, like I expect, that'll be three out of four years that have been been bad. So I'm kind of jumping ahead to next year with my ranking at tenth. I think I'm I'm anticipating what's going to happen. Trey, you want to rebuttal or you want me? Well, I was just going to say. I mean, it, it what he said is very factual. I'm going to cherry pick okay. some other stats where <laughs> yeah. he he mentioned that he was talking about those those two bad years in two of the last three well three of the last five in the big 10 play was seven and two eight and one and six and one i'll say they they were they had some favorability with their with their schedule in that um but he you know he still got the most out of the team and even with i think with the awful years at a program like northwestern you know it might be too much to ask for a program to have kind of consistent top level success it kind of maybe shows that he needs to kind of reset build them back up and go but you like you said though next year He's going to have to put the puzzle back together again. It looks tough. No doubt. That's, you know, next year's a concern. I mean, two out of the last four years, though, won the West. So I don't care if you go 0-12 in between those other two years. <laughs> that's that's success in my eyes. Yeah. Um, and I got I give credit for longevity. I've said it in the other previous episodes. But that's that's just making it 16 years as a head coach anywhere is a huge accomplishment. It shows you know what you're doing. Um and this coming year, I know it doesn't look great, but 
he he surprised us obviously more than once, and I wouldn't be surprised if he did it again. I mean, they get this, they get Nebraska to start the season, so that's obviously that's a good, it's a good team to start with. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. All right, though, I like it, Michael. You're Coaching sitting on uh, a different take. Yeah, I see both sides, but I'm comfortable over here as a Pat Fitzgerald hater. Yeah. Not really, but good, good. Stay over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're a hater. All right, let's move on to a relatively new coach in the Big Ten. We have. Um, Mel Tucker from Michigan State. I was lowest on on him. I had him eighth. I guess you guys had him fifth, uh, which is a little bit of a difference there. So for me, okay, he, he was two and five in his first year, not good. But then this past year, eleven and two, a, a great second year. Um, they he did a wonderful job, no doubt about it. But they were five and zero oh in games decided by ten points or less. So all the close games they won. Um, and you know, I'll give him credit. The recruiting is pretty good. Um, and I, and I'd honestly feel confident if I was a Sparty fan, like I'd feel really good about where we're at in my coach and everything like that. And honestly, even as not a Sparty fan, I feel pretty good about it, but all the coaches in front of him, at least on my list. And of course on our overall list, they've had better years or, you know, years like Mel Tucker just had, or, or even better, you know? So this is not just something that's all of a sudden I can just put him up there for one of those good years. And it was a pretty lucky year at that. So Listen, I think he'll probably continue it. They might not win 11 this year. I'd be pretty darn surprised. But um, I need to see more consistency over a little bit, at least longer period. If he backs it up with a couple more pretty good years, okay, then I'll definitely want to put put him up. But one good year is not enough to make him jump over other coaches that have had a lot of success. Yeah, that's fair. It, it, it is it is just one good year that we're basing it off of. So I guess Trey and I are taking the more bullish view because I feel like there's reasons – that like when Tom Allen kind of had the one or maybe two good years, it was, it just felt sort of random or maybe it was because he hired Kalen DeBoer as office coordinator with Tucker. It just seems like, okay, he is up the recruiting. Like he has just sort of galvanized the whole program. He's got investment from uh, boosters and that that's seeming like in the NIL era, that's going to really help. So it just kind of feels like the whole program is moving in a good direction rather than popping up for a random good year. But it is, it is just one year. So I, I hear you. All right, moving on to number four, Kirk Ferentz of Iowa, the longest tenured coach in in football, I believe, in the whole in NCAA. He's not flashy, but he's consistent and and stable, and and that's a good thing. You don't have much of that today. Early on in in the two thousands, he had the run of finishing. I think they finished number eight three straight years, but in the ten years after that, he only had one more kind of breakout year. There was a lot of those seven, eight win seasons were good, but not quite moving the needle. But now recently, since 2015, he's won the West twice, won at least 10 games three times, went to a Rose Bowl. And if you look at the last four years, he's 35 and 13. He overachieves a lot with that Iowa talent. Yeah. The fact that he has refused to make a change offensively is very frustrating. So you kind of <laughs> don't feel like yes. ranking him this high. And if he is your coach, you're, you're frustrated by that. But the results are very good. Like, yeah, you can't four straight top 25 finishes. So even though you wish things could be better that offensively, that they're winning. Yeah, I can't argue with consistent success over that, that long of a period and Seems like he's got him at another level, at least a little bit. They've been they've been pretty darn good. Okay, number three, we have James Franklin at Penn State, and always have to start the conversation uh, with about James Franklin with what he did at Vanderbilt. It was just 
the minor miracle, <laughs> maybe a real miracle that he performed there. Yeah. <laughs> um, then took over a tough situation at Penn State and fairly quickly built them into a team that was consistently finishing in the top 10 or right around there. Um, and now there's been, I think some people would argue two bad years. I would say one bad year. I would say the 2020 season was bad, but it was, um, you know, a, the COVID season, of course, and they had some opt-outs. And so. They got unlucky that year. The first year, remember Indiana? Uh, oh, the first, first game, game yeah. first game of the year, yeah. Their first game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then they were competitive with Ohio State, and maybe they kind of quit on the season. Yeah. Whatever. All let's acknowledge it was a bad season, though. I don't think last year was was really bad so much as it was unlucky. They were, by the metrics, a top 20, top 25 type team, which is fine. And uh, they just lost all their close games. So um, I'm still optimistic moving forward. He's recruiting really better than ever. So so that's promising. Uh, yeah. Just got an extension. I'm not going to let one, one and a half bad years uh, really drop him on this list. Yeah, yeah I he's agree. He's three new, he's good. Three New Year's Six Bowls, developing NFL, he, ugh, developing NFL talent left and right, and especially when you consider he's trying to match wits in a division with Ohio State and Michigan. And that's uh, not, not too easy. Yep. No, I'm with you. He's, he's deserving of three, I think. Uh, but this fellow up next is well-deserving of number two, Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. I think some folks were, a lot of folks actually were doubting him quite a bit after the, the, the previous year. And not, not us bros. We, were all, we all stayed pretty confident in Jim Harbaugh. Was, we, we, we've always thought he's a good coach. It was just felt like a matter of time until he you know, had that kind of breakout win, and he got it this year. Um, he's done a great job there, 61-24 and 24 overall. And he took over not a great program, um, forty-two and seventeen in Big Ten play. That's that's not, you know you can't just overlook that. That's a really darn good record. Um, conference championship this year. Recruiting is going still really well, um, and I think we're just kind of glad he got the monkey off of his back and he beat the Buckeyes. He got it over with. Everybody can respect him now. He did it. It's over. Now he's just Jim Harbaugh, great coach as we all know. Yeah, we had some tough times defending him. He, uh, we had. Yeah. I remember we had a commenter yeah. on YouTube or a couple, maybe last year, or the year before, that was questioning that we had him ahead of Tom Allen. So, <laughs> it, it, things are pretty bad we? for Harbaugh there. But hey, it <clears> could <throat> turn around. Indiana could be great this year, and Michigan could suck. We could look like fools. You never know. Uh, yeah. I will say another stat for in for Jim Harbaugh: only seven Power Five programs have a better winning percentage than Michigan since he got there. Which, when like you said, consider that he didn't take over a great Michigan program. They were they had been kind yeah. of struggling, so that's really impressive. Yes, it is. That is. But number one, Ryan Day, Ohio State. I mean, we talked on this podcast a few years ago when Day took over, kind of how to rank him that first year when he didn't have the resume, of course. But you just knew the position he was in that he'd be good. Um, He's backed it up, honestly, and, and better than probably any of us really really thought, especially me. Recruiting is the same or better than when Urban was there. 23-1 and one in Big Ten play. Of course, that only loss coming the last game against uh, Michigan. He's finished in the top five the last three years, went to the national title, just won the Rose Bowl. You know, you name it. You go on and on. Their success is really only going to continue. Now it's just kind of down to the, the question, when is he going to break through and win it all? He was born on third base, though, so you gotta you gotta take that into account. <laughs> good, good point. Good point. All right, let's show the full list here for the YouTube viewers. Be sure to let us know your thoughts 
in the comments below. Ryan, what were your kind of overall thoughts on the Big Ten coaches? Well, the first thing that I, I kind of noticed just looking at the overall list here is that there's no new coaches this year. It's everybody's calling back, all 14 teams. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. The, the only uh, Power weird. Five conference to have can, that can claim that, um, which in today's age is weird. Um, but then also I was looking at it, and to me, I don't know if you guys will agree with this, but I have three pretty clear tiers as far as the coaching pecking order here. So my top tier, I have I have Ryan Day, um, Jim Harbaugh, and James Franklin. I think those three are tops. Um, mm-hmm. Then my, my second tier would be like four through nine. I have Ferentz, um, Tucker, Fitzgerald, Fleck, Brom, and Paul Christ. Those are my four through nine. And then the bottom tier, Shiano, which I would admit could be one guy that could move up a tier. But Shiano, Frost, Bielema, Allen, and Loxley. I think it's pretty pretty clear with those three tiers. Yeah, I don't have any That's big argument there. That's, um, I mean, it shows you the fact that the second tier has nine coaches. Or no, not nine, but four through nine. That's a lot of coaches yeah. in there. So yeah. it's just it's a deep conference. Like when you have Greg Shiano yeah. 10th, that's pretty good. Like I, I, yeah. I thought he's done a great job as as well as you could expect in his his first couple of years there at Rutgers. And like you said, Loxley's already made a bowl game, so that's that's not bad for last. Yep. Yep. And I'd be I'll be curious to see where people find the most disagreement because I don't know. Like if you're asking me, like in Ryan, your four to nine range. If you jumbled those up, just hit the random button and put them in a different order, I probably wouldn't be too upset. Yeah. No, I, I, I can buy anyway. I could buy Paul Christ all the way up to four, and I could buy, who do we have fourth? Uh, Ference. So. Ference. Oh, yeah. You know, I could buy him a little lower. Not Maybe not nine. Yeah, but that might be a little far. But <laughs> I could yeah. buy him a little lower. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think Paul Christ, though, will be the, the commenter's biggest disagreement. But we'll see. Let us know below. See if yeah. anyone looks at it yeah. the same way we do. Uh, but that'll do it for this episode of the College Football Bros. Thank you for watching and be sure again to subscribe so that you can check us out tomorrow when we uh, rank the Pac-12 head coaches, the Conference of Champions. Mm. See you then. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.